Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Now, we don't know exactly what was going on in the writer of the psalmist in this passage of Scripture, in Psalm 46. But what we do know is they were going through some sort of trial and storm. And I want you to know this, that the whole theme of this chapter stems upon verse number one, that God is our refuge and our strength and is a very present help in times of trouble. I would like to say this, that some commentators... Uh, give a little bit of, of hypothesis about what could have taken place based upon the content of this psalm and the superscription of the subscription. They are the, 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 the words right before verse number one says, to the chief musician for the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamoth. Now, we don't know exactly a whole lot about some of those verses. We know, we know about the sons of Korah, but what we don't know about is who or what is Alamoth. Some have have guessed, but, but that's all it is, is speculation and a guess. And this evening, I want you to know that some commentators believe that the background of this psalm goes into the Old Testament of 2 Kings 18 and 19, or 2 Chronicles 32, or Isaiah chapters 36 through 37. Time doesn't allow us to go in and read all of those, but what is going on is that the king of Syria, Sennacherib, is coming to, to conquer the land of Israel, and Hezekiah is king. And the king of Assyria sends a messenger and says that what Hezekiah is going to say is not going to save you. The words, if he says that God is going to deliver you, he is not going to do that. Don't believe the words of Hezekiah. You're coming to an end. And all that to say this, that if you walk away with anything besides God is my refuge, I want you to walk away with the word of God, verse number one. In fact, if you would, would you just read it out loud with me? It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Let's read it again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Today, I want to share with you three thoughts about God being our refuge from this passage. The first thought I, I want to share with you is from verses 1 through 3. I wrote down this. I will not fear. Because God is my refuge. As I read verses 4 through 7, I wrote down, secondly, I will be joyful because God is my refuge. And then as I read verses 8 through 11, I wrote down, thirdly and finally, I will have peace because God is my refuge. Refuge. Will you come with me as we journey through these verses together and see and un unwrap the very words of Scripture and see how they apply to our lives this very day in this unique season of history that we're living in? I want you to know this, that if God was a refuge for the people of Israel, all the ups and downs that they had, if God has been a refuge for the early church in the book of Acts, and if God has been a refuge and strength in a time and, and present in, in an age of help for all throughout church history, century after century after century, you better believe God is going to be a refuge and help to us during these days that we're living in. The first thought comes from verses 1 through 3. I wrote down this. I will not fear because God is my 
refuge. I will not fear because God is my refuge. In fact, just, just really briefly, I want to recap on, on the background. In Isaiah chapter 36, this, this passage, it, it reveals to us that Isaiah was, was a prophet during these days that Hezekiah was, was ruling in this region of the, of the uh, Jerusalem empire, if you will. And Isaiah was proclaiming the very words of God, like he did aforetime. Remember, the prophet Isaiah pr predicted that the, that the Messiah would be born of a virgin in chapter uh, number 7. He talked about how that one would be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father in chapter 9. In chapter 53, we read about Isaiah looking to the future, about a clear description of Jesus dying on the cross. So this is the same Isaiah, and he is out preaching. And, and these Assyrians, I would also like to share this with you, that these, the Assyrians were the same group of people that Jonah went to several decades and perhaps a couple centuries before when Isaiah was prophesying. And so it just goes to show you that, that even one of the greatest revivals we ever read about in history is the Ninevites coming to know Jesus, or excuse me, coming to know Jehovah as their God. And eventually now they realize that that God is Jesus. And, and it reveals to me this, that it doesn't matter what happened in the past, that in the present people can still run away from God like they did in the days of Jonah and the Assyrians. And here we see that the king of Assyria comes and sends a messenger to the people of Israel and says, your God is not going to save you. And Hezekiah receives word in Isaiah chapter 36, and he goes to the prophet Isaiah to receive a word from God. And may I say this to you, that we are the church of the living God, and we should be revealing to the world today that we have nothing to fear in this time because God is our refuge. But in 2 Kings, the parallel passage to Isaiah chapter 36, I want to read a couple of verses to you. 2 Kings chapter 19 and verses 6 through 7. The Bible, the Bible says this, this is the word that Isaiah shared to the people of Israel. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid, excuse me, be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. May I say this today? It is never safe to mess with Almighty God. It is never safe to try to overthrow the very authority of God. Interesting enough, we see that Hezekiah, the people of Israel, they were consumed with fear. But then in 2 Kings chapter 19, we read one thing that Hezekiah did. Hezekiah took his fear, he took his anxiety, he took his worries, he took his cares, and he laid them before Jehovah God in prayer. And I'm here to tell you something. If you have, if you have fears right now, if you have anxiety, if you have a calamity, I want you to know this, that you need to take that to God in prayer. Listen to these words in 2 Kings chapter 19, verses 14 through 19. Hezekiah prayed this. He said, 
Uh, verse 14 says, Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up unto the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Verse 16, Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations of their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they have destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Psalm 46, verse 1, tells us that God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. Verse number 2 says, Therefore we will not fear. Hence, I wrote down, I will not fear because God is my refuge. I know you're sitting here thinking today, well, hey, what does all of this stuff have to do about Hezekiah and Isaiah and Israel and Assyria and Psalm 46? What does all of this have to do with me right now? What has this to do with you? We don't have to fear what's going on in our world today because God is our refuge. The word refuge, it literally means that God is able to shield us and strengthen us and cover us and protect us with his mighty hand. And I'm here to tell you something. There is no hand mightier than God's hand and he can shield you from all that's going on in our world today. I will not fear because God is my refuge. But now may I share with you a second thought today? Uh, but before we do, let, let's move on. It says, therefore will we not fear though the earth be removed. Check it out now. He says, though the earth is gone away and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. He said, even though the mountains disappear, even though the earth goes away, we will not fear today because God is our refuge. Hey, even if our world that we're living in disintegrates to nothingness, we know that God is our refuge and help, and we don't have to fear. Which leads me to verses 4 through 7, my second thought today. Not only I will not fear because God is my refuge, but I wrote down a second thought. I will be joyful because God is my refuge. I will be joyful because God is my refuge. You see, the Israelites go to the prophet Isaiah, which in times of trouble, we should seek the man of God. We should seek the word of God. We should seek Almighty God and see about a word from heaven for the people of God. And that's what they did in the Old Testament. But then in Isaiah chapter 37, the Bible says that, 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 that after Isaiah gave his word to Hezekiah and to the people of Israel, that, that these Assyrians, they, they kind of went on as if they were doing their regular routine and Sennacherim goes into his place of worship, worshiping false gods. And may I say this today, this is not a time to worship anything else but Jesus Christ. Perhaps all this is going on in our world today just to simply wake us up and say God is still God and there's none like him and he can redeem us and save us from all of our sins. But Isaiah chapter 37 goes on. 
And it tells us that without lifting a finger, without lifting a sword, without lifting a chariot, without lifting a dagger or a bow and arrow, 185,000 of the Assyrians were dead. Perhaps the Israelites woke up the next day and they began to marvel and say, this vast amount of army has come to overcome us. But God has fought our battle. I'm here to tell you today, we're in a battle right now against not just a virus, a physical virus. I'm here to tell you something. We're in a battle with a spiritual virus. It's called sin. And I'm telling you something that every single day we rage war against Satan, the demonic spirits, and sin itself. And the only way to overcome is through the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word of God, and the power of the grace and mercy and love of God. And that is through Jesus. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and He died on the cross. Give God the glory. He paid the penalty of my sin, your sins, and the sins of the whole world so that we could one day cry out to Him and say, God, I need your refuge. I need your strength. God, I need your help. Just as the nation of Israel cried out for Jesus or for Jehovah God, I believe that today we are called to cry out to Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, the God who spoke the world into existence, the God who gave us life. We can call out to Him. And when He saves us by His grace alone, by faith alone, and by grace alone, I believe we should do nothing else but lift up our hearts in adoration and praise. Which is exactly what Israel did when they walked out and saw that God stepped in and fought their battle. When you let God fight your battles, when you get on your knees and you rage war against this world and the devil and sin, God can step in and overcome. Did you know God can do more in five seconds than mankind can do in 50 decades? Did you know God has the power to wipe away all diseases? Did you know God has the power to wipe away every famine? Did you know God has the power to wipe away every war, every rumor of war, and every destruction in our world? God has the capability. So let's get on our knees, church, and lift everything up to Him in prayer. Look at verse number four. It says, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad. Check it out now, the word glad. It literally gives the idea that this made the people of Israel joyful. Glad the city of God. If you're part of God's family, you have everything to rejoice about. If you, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that He rose victoriously from the grave and that He ascended up on high and that He is going to come back and establish a millennial kingdom and return, I want you to know this. We have everything to rejoice about because we know that God is still in control and that God, is, He declares the end from the beginning and nothing takes God by surprise. But it says here that there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Check it out now. It says, verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her that rightly early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. I want to pause for just a few moments and know this, that throughout the scriptures, sometimes the Bible likens the very voice of God to many waters. And here we've read about rivers, and here we read about when God spoke, the earth melted. Perhaps, 
perhaps Satan is trying right now today to silence the voice of God. But I want you to know this. God's voice cannot be silenced. Education has been trying to silence the voice of God for decades. And guess what happened? All the educational institutions are shut down. You cannot silence the voice of God. Corporations have shoved out the name of Jesus time and time again. And now many corporations in our world are shut down. Nations have tried over the centuries and millenniums to silence and push out the voice of God. But I'm here to tell you something today, church, that you cannot silence the voice of God in any nation. Because God's voice will stand forever. You say, how do you know that? Well, I know that because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says forever God's word is settled in heaven. The Bible says that, 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 that one jot or one tittle shall not pass away, but every word of God shall be fulfilled. The Bible says that every single word of God is, is true. From the very beginning we read, His righteous judgments will endure forever. You cannot silence the voice of God. And I'm here to tell you something today. You cannot stop the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what king or ruler tries. It doesn't matter if Satan tries to come and conquer the land that God has already declared. God's word will march forward. And we're seeing it happen today. Did you know, I find this interesting, that during this season, we have more people viewing our services online than would ever view it on a normal basis if we were meeting together physically, in person. I'm telling you, God is up to something and He is going to be glorified and we have every reason to rejoice. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. I will not fear because God is my refuge. I will be joyful because God is my refuge. Check it out. Verse 7 says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Remember the word Selah. It means to pause and reflect. In verses 4 through 7, we reflect on the thought of being full of joy. In verses 1 through 3, we pause and reflect on the thought that we don't have to fear because God is our refuge. But now I want to draw your attention to verses 8 through 11. And in verses 8 through 11, I wrote down thirdly and finally this evening, I will have peace because God is my refuge. I will have peace because God is my refuge. May I show you a verse? This one comes from another parallel passage. 2 Chronicles 32. Another scene of Hezekiah and Isaiah and the Israelites. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verse number 8, the Bible says this. Check it out now. It says, well, actually, let me read verses 7 and 8. It says, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that, he is, that is with him. For there be, no, there be more with us than with him. Verse 8 says, With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight over, or excuse me, to fight our battles. And then he goes on to say in verse 8, And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. I have peace today. Just like the nation of Israel had rest. 
The Bible says that when they had rested, literally gives the idea that because God's word spoke to Isaiah, and Isaiah spoke that word to Hezekiah, and Hezekiah took that word and delivered it to the entire people of Israel, they had rest. When somebody has rest, they lay down at night, and in a sense, they are resting from their labor, and sometimes the moments of rest, we have the greatest amounts of peace. And I'm here to tell you something today. I know that, hey, I know the stock market might dive down and, and see record lows, but I have peace because I know God is my provider. I know that, that we, have, we have a lot of disease going on in our world today. And we might be full of fear, but I have peace today because I know that God is my healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. I know that today we have a lot of destruction going on, people dying left and right, and, and maybe our day is next. I know this, that God is, I don't have to fear today because I have peace because God is my protector. He will shield us over our enemy, throwing darts and throwing out temptations. We have a God in heaven who cares for us and who can give us peace in the middle of this storm. You know, I want to read these next verses to you from Psalm 46. It says, Come, behold the works of the Lord. Imagine if this psalm is underneath the the. The idea that, that it happened in, right after Hezekiah and them. It says here, Behold the works of the Lord. They woke up and they saw all the Assyrians gone, 185,000. It says, What desolations he has made in the earth. And then verse number 9 says, He makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth. God can stop it all. He can. It says, He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear in sunder. He burns the chariot in fire. Check it out now. Verse number 10. Here it is. The key outside verse number 1, I believe it's the key verse of this psalm. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Maybe right now in this time of isolation, maybe right now in this time of quarantine, maybe in this season of life where we are <laughs> locked up in our houses, maybe God wants us to be still. I want to share this with you. Will you listen to me? It was when, it was in a time of isolation when the Holy Spirit of God inspired the Apostle Paul to write many books of the New Testament. Ephesians, a prison epistle. So there Paul is. He is locked up in chains in jail and God inspires him to write the words of Scripture. We read about Martin Luther, and I'm going to talk about him in just a second. But we read about Martin Luther and how he, the great reformer of the 1500s, how he went and nailed the 95 Thesis to the Catholic Church, and there it spawned the, the birth of the Reformation period, and we still are receiving the benefits of today. But in a time when he was running from his life, he was locked up in a place of isolation, and there he translated the Word of God into the New Testament. I'm telling you, you do not have to retreat in this time of isolation. We can march forward with the Word of God. And God, perhaps, is saying, be still. Maybe He's saying to us this, dive into the Word of God and be saturated and immersed with my holy words of life. Hmm. The last verse says this, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. I mentioned Martin Luther just a moment ago. 
We may not know fully the background of this psalm, but we do know that this psalm, one day Martin Luther was reading this psalm, and Almighty God began to give him a song from this psalm. The church has sung this psalm song for about 500 years. In the 1520s, around that time, we believe that, 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 that Martin Luther was reading in Psalm 46, and he got out his pen, he got out his, his, his notepad, and he began to summarize this psalm into his own words. Hymn 151 in the celebration hymnal says this, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great. And armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. Verse 2 says, Did we in our strength, earn strength confide? Our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who they may be, Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still, his kingdom is forever. My friend, my brother, my sister, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is my refuge, but is God your refuge? Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.